Hey guys, just want to uh, first of all, I want to say sorry that we're uh, we're so late. Uh, ran into a little bit of uh, audio issues, but hey, you know what? We persevered. It's just a day late, a day and a half, almost two days. Okay, get off my back. What do you want from me? Anyway, if you want something, you know what? If you want something, I got something for you. It's called Audible. Head over to audibletrial.com slash jumbled and get your free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. Guys, if you have not capitalized on it yet, now's the time to do it. Uh, it's cold outside unless you live in a warm part. Then it's warm outside. And in both situations, you could be in a comfortable air-conditioned or heated space where you could listen to an audiobook. So do that, because it's a good idea. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Jumbled, your favorite podcast about nothing. I'm Zach. And I'm Johnny. We have a very special guest returning to the podcast for the second time. Larry, how's it going, bud? What's up? What's up? Larry, I think you are our, not only our first guest, but our first, second, or returning guest. Ooh, That's true. Setting records, baby. That's true. That first, sorry, that first episode was, uh, was fire, so uh, I hope you, uh, I hope you prepared Hope you got all your notes ready. I'm sure Johnny's got a just a book and a half full of no, more <laughs> things to talk about. Uh, Larry, you I know you got at least one fan from the from the last episode. Um, <laughs> it was my mom, cause she she looked up your Instagram and and just was like, "Damn, that's a good looking Thanks, man." Thanks, mom. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's always liking the Facebook posts. We do appreciate the support. Yeah, my from... my parents are super super involved in uh, the podcast, which which I like. Um, but I feel like they've learned some things about me, which they may or may yeah. not be proud of. But it's almost like the adult equivalent of like when your parents show up at like a sporting event or something when you're younger. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like just showing support for the podcast, but it's just completely adult related stuff. Yeah. I've I've gotten over it, you know, it's all good. Um, anyway, so back by popular demand, Larry. Um, and I know when we last spoke, you were prepping for a pretty big competition, and I wish we would have done a follow up closer to that competition. But why don't you give us a recap of Larry's life from the last podcast through final preps for your competition, and then outcomes of the competition and what you're up to now and, and what you learned um from that competition oh i see i learned the competition was a very um humbling experience or whatever because i don't know i, I could like a perfect analogy would be you know there's those kids in school that like barely have to study for tests they just ace it they come in and ace it and then it's like they get into an ivy league school and it's like oh really need to study now it's like everybody is like super smart it's kind of how it was for me like every show that i competed in i won and like maybe i'll admit that i gave like maybe 70 or 85 percent of those shows and like national Mm -hmm, level mm -hmm. is like the equivalent of like ncaa basketball like it's like the pinnacle like if if you do well there you go to like the, the league so to speak so everybody's pretty decently good 
you know everybody's one in their region and stuff like that so again it's kind of like one of those things where like i definitely could have you know myself probably gave a lot more as far as dedication to the show so i didn't place well and what makes you know adds adds insult to injury is like the guys he placed ahead of me like they weren't that good and it's kind of like oh like it's like a huge letdown but i can only blame myself so that's probably the biggest takeaway mm-hmm. from um this show is that you know, it kind of gave me a, a fire again, what I used to have. Mm-hmm. I think Zach saw my um, Facebook live post I put like the other day, and I was kind of like reliving the moments of when I first got into this and how um, I used to go in my mom's basement and just turn the lights off and just be in darkness to like, you know, seclude my mind and, and get into that dark place. That made me feel like a caged animal, having that killer instinct. Um, somewhere along the way, I lost sight of that. And because of that, you know, it showed at this show. I mean, for the normal person, if they see my pictures, they'll be like, oh my gosh, you look fantastic. But I knew that that wasn't my best. And, um, you know, and, and, and the placings kind of reflected that. So, it, in a good way, I think that it was, um, it was, it was a very good good thing um being optimistic about it because you know you, you don't really see that your true character when you're winning you see it when you lose so absolutely you know, that really helped me put things in perspective and um it kind of like i said it got that fire back in me again so now i'm prepping to requalify for nationals and, and to do nationals again yeah, you know, I <clears throat> I had heard, uh, well, I, I remember I was following you pretty closely leading up and then uh, obviously knew about the outcome of the of the show and everything. Um, and at one point it seemed like you were, like you almost were just like throwing in the towel. Like you were just sort of frustrated in the moment. Uh, I'm glad to see you, you persevered. Was it just like a... Uh, you just need to take some time away from it to gain perspective, to get like a like a bigger a bigger view, like a wider view of the situation. Just to remove yourself a little bit, just to see you clear. Um, I don't know like what type of audience you have or what you want, how deep you want to get into it. But I mean, I can tell you everything that happened from A to Z, and like after like telling you this your freaking jaw will probably drop. Um, so it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's very, um, yeah, I've had to take it there. Um, actually it's ironic because I bumped into your mom, like when I was in the midst of going all these things, going through all yeah. these things about personal life. Like I literally talked to your mom for like an hour. Like we were just talking about all of it. Cause like, right. Um, like it's probably one of the hardest things that I've ever been through in, in my life and um, I probably shouldn't have taken on um, the dis- you know the responsibility of doing the show in the midst of all these things that were going on in my personal life mm-hmm. um, and I, I've kind of talked about it you know, like on my Facebook and on my YouTube a little bit but um, I really wanted to have a platform to kind of like kind of tell my piece about it because it's such it was such a detrimental thing for me again it's one of those things that um what don't break you will make you 
Right. And, and, it, and it gave me so much um, motivation to see, you know, who I truly was going through this. So even though I didn't win, it wasn't even that I was so disenchanted in, in that. It was so, it was, I don't know, it was more or less that I felt as if everything was taken from me. Like this one thing that I've been training my whole life for was taken from me too. Right. Because I couldn't see past the show. Mm. Um, but uh, what I was going through was brutal at the time. Um, like, it was extremely brutal. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I, I would say that, I mean, we talk about a variety of topics here, and we definitely want you to share um, whatever you feel comfortable with. Um, I know our listeners were, were pretty excited to, in your last interview, um, so don't feel like you need to temper uh, your your responses or what you share um, worrying about but our lis- listeners so share absolutely what you want um, I guess yeah. my, my question for you when you say you didn't give it your all so obviously you know you and I have chatted a, a bit since the, the first um, the first episode that we've done and, and I've followed you and so when you say you didn't give it your all like was it on stage like your presence on stage that you felt like you could have done better it sounds like you might have been distracted or or was it in the late room in the weight room sorry because like looking at your pictures i know you're competing again with the like you're you're talking about the best of the best or you know the best of the best is in that room with you and like you know obviously everyone's gonna be just jacked as shit so it's hard to imagine like could you have been leaner could you have been a little bit bigger and everyone will say they can be bigger but was it your energy on stage like how how much of that showmanship um is is important and if if you were you know dealing with a bunch of other things well well on stage and was that you know part of that outcome um i definitely could have been sharper on stage um we'll get to that in a second but um first and foremost it was during the prep the the actual show day, you're just displaying, you know, the weeks of, you know, discipline that you demonstrated, you know, throughout the duration of your prep. So in that, um, it's one of those things you have to be completely focused. If you have any stresses, um, you have to really manage that because you have what's called cortisol. And that will um, that will make you hold and retain water. Um, you know, so you have to be careful there. But my mind just wasn't in it. I mean, um, I was struggling with so much. Um, for those of my close friends who know that, you know, you probably hinted it. You, you probably knew something because you see my Facebook. But I went through a very, very, very hard uh, divorce. And people, everybody goes through divorces, right? Um, but a little insight deeper into that, you know, I can honestly tell you that this was, from, you know, everything to me. And it's, it's one of those things where, when you when you lose yourself in somebody and you you lack self-identification of who you are and you know she was like the sweetest person i've ever met in my life i mean she stepped on a freaking tree frog and cried for three hours you know and it was an accident type of thing like you know and mm-hmm. as a typical man you know sometimes we get comfortable and we don't show you know our significant others you know affection and remind them of you know, how beautiful they are, stuff like that, stuff like that, you know, and uh, I would agree to go to counseling over it because, you know, I'm an asshole. I am. You know, I can be, especially during prep and stuff like that. And, you know, 
so I had to really right. check myself and I, I agreed to go to counseling, marriage counseling, stuff like that. And what happened in the counseling session is I was so open and honest with my flaws that, you know, to her surprise, the therapist was really checking her on a lot of things. And I don't think that she was prepared to hear that. So then we fast forward about a month later and mm. I could tell she started acting different one day and we got in an argument and, you know, we're talking about a, a person who has somewhat of separation anxiety saying to me, I'm just, you know, I would get angry sometimes and say that I'm just going to go around the corner or take a, take a drive and she would cry and fall on my heels and begging me to leave. I'm like, I'm coming back. Like it was that detrimental to all of a sudden somebody saying, I, I'm just going to mm. stay with my, my grandparents. I got to get out of here. Like, we just need a break for a week. Like, what? Like, okay. Like, it's kind of weird, mm-hmm. but okay. Um, so then a week turned into two weeks, mm-hmm. and then she just started changing. Like, you know, acting weird, like, and just not like herself whatsoever, being very cold, calculating, like, all these things. And, you know, um, I actually made an album about this, and I'm contemplating on releasing it. And within this album, um, you know, all the songs are all the emotions that I went through going through this ordeal and their skits to make the album cohesive. Mm-hmm. To kind of tell the storyline. Right. And, um, but back to my, back to the story. So I just knew that there was something like different. I knew there had to be somebody or something, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And, you know, so one of the days I was like, well, can we talk? And, you know, I was trying to get her to talk about it. She's like, no, I'm just gonna be in my grandma's house, but she, her car would never be there. They, they're right around the corner, right? Mm. So, and we're talking about a girl like we were like according to Tanga, like wherever she went, I went, vice versa. Like, so that's when you know skepticism started to take place, and then come to find out, make a long story short, you know she was um, sleeping with supervisor before work, right? Um, mm. So immediately then, like. I was just like distraught. Like my whole world was just black. And even right. through that, I never thought I would hear myself say this, but I was willing to still make it work. And this is after I caught her in a hotel with him red handed. Mm. And I still wanted to make it work, you know? And um, she had no remorse. Right. It, like the sweetest person I've ever met turned to the most cold hearted person I've ever met. And mm. so then I'm, I'm I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. I don't know what I'm saying. I stopped eating. Um, I ended up losing mm-hmm. 40 pounds in a month and a half. Uh, my mom was coming over here making me eat a banana. Like, I was passing out in my house. Like, you know, it, it mm-hmm. got really, really bad. And, um, yeah, I remember, like, she tried to get me removed from my house. She got an EPO out on me. And how she did that was... Um, it has to be extreme to do that. You know, the courts have to take it seriously because, you know, if a regular protective order, um, you know, they have to go to court to prove you that you're, you know, dangerous. So she right. did that. And then I freaked out with the protective order. I took it to my attorney. He's like, this is a court hearing. This is not an actual uh, order to remove you from the house. Like, they can't, this, you know, you're going to court first. And I was like, oh, he goes, he goes, go back to your house. So I went back and she's here and I'm just like, you know, she started like physically being abusive to me and threw all my stuff outside. 
And I was like, look, this is just a, a court hearing. This means nothing. I can, I can legally be here. So next thing I know, um, three cop cars pull up. The first cop car she called when just a protective order. And then there was a woman. After the woman found out what was going on, like the, the police officer actually started crying. She said, she came to me and gave me a hug and said, keep your head up. I went through the same thing um, last year. I know how you feel. Mm. So then she comes back with the emergency protective order, EPO. I didn't even know what the hell that was. So apparently um, she had to write a note and make it extreme. So she said, you know, um, that I'm a, a champion bodybuilder. I'm a former Marine. And she's scared for her life and this and that. And the police, the judge had to grant it because, it's, you know, women were dying. So they had to take that seriously. So the police officers that came said, we see this all the time. Like, hold your head up, but there's nothing we can do. You have to leave. So I got removed mm. from my house. My name's on the, the, the title, everything. Like, this is my house. I had to leave. I got removed from my house. And... Um, I'm still straddled over her. Granted, all this stuff that she's done, I'm still, like, messed up over her. So, you know, I went through that, and then more court proceedings. Um, you know, she tried to get me in trouble saying that I was stalking her. Mm. Um, you know, when, when I found out that she was doing all this stuff, and she got Clark County involved, and Clark County tried to... Um, get me for false informing because I called I called the police on and reported what I thought was a crime which is her having sexual whatever in a public park with her supervisor and, right you know Clark County um, you know tried to come after me and even though she was committing perjury they came after me so my attorney said we're going to go to trial and we're going to file a, a tort claim meaning that, you know, we're going to sue Clark County. So what happened is Clark County um, ended up throwing the case out, and that was the, the second dismiss, uh, dismissal in Clark County history. Wow. Because they didn't want the litigation. It looked bad because, um, you know, they're basically believing everything that this woman is saying, the girl is saying, right. and she's been proven to lie under oath. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and she, so it, to make a long story short, I was dealing with a lot. I'm going through that. I'm doing How close was that proximity to the show? So, um, I would say when I talked to you two mm-hmm. last, I was kind of in the middle okay. of all Okay. Okay. Um, it's still not over. Right. It's it's one <laughs> it's of those. Still not over. It's still not. Yeah, it's one of those things that sticks with you for a while. And I think, I, th- I think yeah. you know, from what I'm hearing, you know, <clears throat> you can train as hard as you want. You know, you can, you can be an Adonis, you know, step up on the on the stage. But if your head's not in it, that's it's just it is what it is. Um, the reason why I'm so adamant in telling this and sharing this is because, you know, this is something that I don't even think you even know, and. I'm going to be coming out um, and being more public with this, but you've probably seen me start like a brand, um, like a clothing brand. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's really more than that. Um, right. Even since we were kids, I struggled with, you know, having suicidal thoughts and depression and all this as being mm. teased. 
mm-hmm. how a lot of bodybuilders are born. Um, but you know, I still right. struggle to this day. It's it's, it's sometimes it's 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 an every other day struggle, especially given you know the the, cl- the climate of what just happened. Um, you know, but my brand transcends your kingdom. Um, that's what it's for. Whether it's depression, you know, codependency, alcoholism, whatever it is. Um, if you figure out a, a blueprint on how to combat that your struggle, um, whatever it may be, then I feel like uh, it's mm-hmm. your moral obligation to to be your brother or sister keeper and help them. You know, therefore transcend into your kingdom by helping them, helping like minded people like yourselves who are going through struggle. So that's where the brand actually started. And if you notice, um, I have a video and it's the show day video on my YouTube. And in the, in the intro of that video, I kind of give you um, a brief overview of that I have been going through struggles in a, in a, in a cinematic type mm-hmm. of format in the edit that I did. And I'm kind of telling you the birth of how this brand came to be. And through this struggle, through this pain, um, that's how this brand and this movement um, began. So back to my original point when I said... You know, um, what don't break you can make you. Sometimes when you go through struggles like this, you, you have to to see what type of person, what kind of character you are, what character you have. And because I went through this pain, that's how this movement was started. So I, I kind of want to use that um, movement as, as something or an outreach to be able to help other people. So I feel like me coming forward and telling my story and my struggles with depression, mm-hmm. um, you know, that mm-hmm. can help other people to be more, you know, have the bravery to come out and try to combat, um, you know, what they struggle with and, and to go talk to somebody and right. see somebody and be open with it. Right. I feel like that's an important distinction is, is, um, talking about, you know, you've got obviously, you know, you, you do the clothing and the merch and all that stuff, but it's not just that, like you said, it's a movement. There's that distinction where you're, you're trying to, it's almost like a humanitarian effort, you know, where you're trying to, you know, uplift and 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 be a champion for your for you know your uh, your friends and your family and and those around you. I think that's an important distinction, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's something that I've dealt with for a long time, and I know other people do. And you know, I, I, I've. When I was going through this, I, I can't even tell you the amount of people, because I was pretty transparent about it on my YouTube channel, and I can't tell you the amount of people who inboxed me saying that they were going through something similar, they had been through something similar, and they, they, they appreciated my transparency. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not a real religious person, but I do believe in a higher power or something, whatever it may be. And I believe, you know, um, the gifts that I have is a gift from that type of God and what I do with that gift is a gift to that type of God. So it's like, mm-hmm. I feel like um, I'll be doing myself and, ju- and others an injustice if I didn't share my, my story and, and try to speak on these issues to try to give somebody some guidance through, you know, my trials and tribulations with it. Yeah, absolutely. Johnny, you've been, uh, you've been sort of taking it all in, bud. I have. I mean, that's, I've, I've been somewhat in the know just from following you and I, I i would hope that all of our listeners have been following you as closely as we have but i'm sure some haven't um definitely want to thank you for um being open and 
and honest and, and to share that. And I know that's, that's a difficult thing for, for people to do. Um, and, but mm-hmm. it's a really important thing. And, and you talk around about the, the movement around mental health and, and that it's okay to be, to f- have feelings and it's okay to, to try and deal with them and, and to talk about them as some of the best ways. Mm-hmm. And so to, to share your courage with, um, you know, obviously your, your fan base and, and our listeners, um, is fantastic. And, I think, you know, anyone after hearing that would, would probably say, um, you know, maybe you shouldn't be so hard on yourself for how you showed in, in nationals, but you're, you know, you're a professional and that's your passion and, and everyone, you know, you, you still trained. And I think that's, mm-hmm. that's an incredible piece. Um, and, and I, I would assume at least for me, um, dealing with, with the challenges that I face that, that being active in fitness helps. And I'm sure that was part of it for you. Um, as that stress reliever, as you mentioned, but I think to take on all of that and still compete at the level that you did is, is absolutely outstanding and and to come back. And and like you said, um, losing isn't the end of the world, as long as you learn something. And it sounds like you've learned a lot about yourself, um, and competing and, and how to mix those two worlds together in the last, you know, six months or so. So it's, it's a pretty, uh, sad but incredible story and and i'm really glad that you you shared it with us yeah for sure like i said um i look up to you guys man like uh i've uh i've wanted to start a podcast for a while um in order as far as execution that's that's the thing people have most the most elaborate plans and they're gonna do this and they're gonna do that but it's about execution and I've been wanting to do a podcast for so long. Mm-hmm. And then I just remember, like, when you guys came up, I was like, damn, that's awesome. And then, you know, I, seriously, I'm, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the uh, Joe Rogan podcast. I watch it every single day. Um, and, you know, I just look up to guys to do that because I've always kind of wanted to do it. But it's mm-hmm. just one of those things where I just didn't sit down and do it. And you, you did. So, I mean, that's a lot of bravery and courage on um, – on your part yeah. to be able to step out and do that. And, um, I think that's huge. And one day, um, it's, it's going to be very soon that I'm, I'm going to have a podcast and, uh, I definitely want to tackle some of these, um, issues with mental health and other controversial, yeah. um, issues. I'm an open book, man. I'll say, I'll say anything. My mom's probably going to be, you know, rolling over in her future grave, yeah. but she'll be all right. <laughs> uh well i i was gonna say you'd be surprised how much of this is just sort of flying by the seat of your pants honestly like most of the time like last week what was it we were late we were late uh releasing because i had you know i just had to work you know like stuff comes up and and we sort of just take it as it comes it it means a lot to to have some praise from you i mean i'd we we look up to you as well because I mean you're you're uh you're doing your thing and in, in your avenue and and you definitely have a lot to uh, to talk about so I I don't think there'd be any any shortness of of topics that you couldn't cover you know mm-hmm. you got a lot you got a lot of uh you got a lot of opinions and and facts that you can spread and I I think you should definitely jump right in feet first man. Yeah, and absolutely. Whenever, if you know, hope you sounds like you've you were doing some prep work for for your podcast. So definitely keep us posted when that rolls out, and 
we're happy to help promote it. But in the meantime, you just say the word, and you're you're more than welcome to come on and yammer with uh, us knuckleheads for, yeah, for an I mean, hour you know. anytime you want. <laughs> yeah, I mean for sure, man. Because <laughs> that's often what what it is. <laughs> I, I really am probably. Yeah. I know everybody. Oh, I'm real. Like I'm the realest person in the world. Da, 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 da. But seriously, like um, I just look at it as I spent so much of my life being, you know politically correct so to speak that it's just like now it's just like you know i'm 31 years old and Mm -hmm. i would like to think that i don't speak on anything that i've at least not you know researched to a certain degree um i'm open to hear what others have to say um regardless of whatever their opinion is i mean i'll talk to somebody from the kkk if they want to sit down and talk and have a civil conversation with me you know what i'm saying just to kind of see their perspective so um yeah, I think right. a podcast would be um, a very wise decision right. for me. And, uh, you know, taking notes from you two and, and studying you all and, um, you know, <laughs> and uh, just knowing Zach from, you know, being a childhood <laughs> friend, I, it was kind of just like, this is what he's meant to do. Like, I could I could envision you two being as big as Joe Rogan, having I appreciate the that, greatest man. people and guests on your show and stuff like that. So it's, <laughs> it's pretty uh, funny and awesome at the same time to be on here. One day, man. Well, I'm looking forward to a, our claim to fame saying we have a, a bodybuilding national champion on our podcast. So uh, <laughs> we'll ride your, your success, your coattails on, on that one. Um, but yeah, absolutely uh, appreciate the praise. And like Zach said, um, checking out your social media and, and what you're doing. Uh, there's a lot we can learn from you. So, And that's what I think is awesome about these um, collaboration podcasts. Um, Zach and I are starting to do them more um, and have more guests just partially out of as Zach said some laziness on our end though I find I prep a lot more when we have guests because I don't want Mm -hmm. I don't want them to sit there and be like what the fuck are you guys doing (laughs) Um, but uh, it's just great to hear other people's stories and uh, and you know you talked about Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan has done some solo podcasts and and they're good he's he can obviously carry a crowd but where where it gets really interesting for him is is that long form in depth conversation with interesting people and and I I just love hearing other people's stories like you said um, that you would, you'd be willing to sit down with someone from the KKK if if you could have a civil conversation I think that's probably one of the biggest areas or ways that we can grow as as a society um, is that you know we've gotten to this point of over political correctness and I'm not saying that being politically correct is bad i just think the pendulum has swung too far and we're and we're losing our ability to sit down and and have uh, a conversation without letting emotions take charge and to let someone share you know their perspective even if it completely disagrees with your own um even if it you know and it's it's kind of contradictory to say this even if it's a wrong perspective and i would say that with someone you know from Mm -hmm. the kkk but that's the ability to sit down and have an educated and calm conversation with someone and just to expand your mind and maybe don't agree with what they're saying, but to at least be able to see where they're coming from um, and understand mm-hmm. who they are. Um, I think that, you know, that is what where we need to go as a society. And we like to have kind of those, we, we you know, a comedy podcast, but we get into some more sensitive subjects and so we say some shit and sometimes I, you know, I'm like, Oh, did I just put my foot in my <laughs> mouth on that one? But you know what? At the end of the day, like I, 
I like this podcast. I'm proud of it. I, I love doing it, and I love you know having guests like you on. And um, the more that these that these get out, and the more listeners we have, that if we can make them stop in the middle of their day and think about something, and to think about being better, whether it's through fitness or through conversation, or to just appreciate a joke, or or to hear someone's um, you know story like yours to say that you've been in a tough spot, a really dark, scary spot, and that's okay, and that. You know, part of the way to get through that is to surround yourself with supportive people and and let them support you and and share share your story. And so there's so many different ways that a, that a podcast be meaningful. And I, I think um, I have no doubts that you would have some uh, a great um, base of listeners um, for what you can bring to the table. It's it's obviously why we want you to keep coming back. As I wink. <laughs> All right. So listen, I have a, actually have a question for you too. So. Uh, All right. You have sort of a comedic. We're we're being interviewed now. Oh shit! (laughs) So you have like a comedic (laughs) podcast, right? So, um, how do you all feel about what's going on in comedy in the sense of um, the political correctness? Um, If I elaborate, maybe people being overly sensitive because I quickly I feel as though no matter what race, you know, nationality, you know, you know anything that you are. I feel like if somebody clowns you, so to speak, or makes fun of you, that in mm-hmm. a way is making you equal to everyone else. That's my opinion mm-hmm. or my interpretation of it. Um, it's like, you know, if you know, back in high school, you wasn't my boy if I couldn't clown on you. If I did that, that's kind of like a term of endearment almost. That means that you're in my inner circle. That means that I'm cool with you. I accept you for who you are. That's kind of how you know we got along and that's what i felt like comedy um kind of is um but this new generation almost feels like i don't know they they just it was taking it the wrong way yeah i would say several several comedians have said that pc culture is killing comedy for that that exact reason and um you know it's it's interesting that i've i've had a few conversations even with with my wife um around around this um and you know what is what is racist versus what is clowning versus you know stereotypes originated from somewhere and 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 to me like a big thought of it is where is it coming from in your heart and if what i'm saying to you is coming from a place of hate and and i'm saying it because i want to hurt like hurt you i think that's Mm -hmm. wrong um but i think in general comedians you know the the traditional comedian format was make fun of yourself for you know 50 percent of your of your skit and then you can open up and kind of poke at other people to say like we all equally suck just in different ways and that's okay um and like you said like i clown around with zach and some of my closest friends you know we we ride each other pretty hard but i know that it's not coming from a vindictive place where they're not actively trying to hurt me and um, I think you're right. It's it's tough for for comedians. It's tough for for comedy specials. Even like I mm-hmm. watching like you think of Robin Williams. Like anyone, you, everyone thinks of Robin Williams from you know his Disney movies and being really light, funny humor and and you know mm-hmm. family oriented. But you watch his stand up. Some of the most vulgar, um, sexist, um, you know, stereotyped humor out there. Um, and it was fine and it was accepted. Um, 
because you know it didn't come from a place of spreading a message of hate it was people are different and that's like you said that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing it's just identifying differences is it is what it is like you have a different Mm -hmm. background and upbringing than i do and same thing with zach and me and you and zach and i don't know it's it's tough and you know we we talk about it when we prep for for podcasts even talking about you know firearms or trump and it's so it's so sensitive to to talk about those because the loudest voices are the people who are on the extremes of either side and mm-hmm. those are the those are the most dangerous voices on on either side of the political spectrum even um right. so it, you you do kind of get a sense of of walking on eggshells but honestly i think the way you combat that is to to have one have these conversations um reoccurring theme i guess is just talking about it and being able to have a civilized conversation um and to not give in to given completely to pc culture now obviously there's some lines that shouldn't be crossed um but i think that you know that pendulum can shift a little bit more to the center so that we can be open and and joke and and have a you know a friendly funny relationship and i think that's that's the line that's that's really important um just i know zach i know you want to say some things i'm going on a rant here um so my wife started watching the office for the first time (laughs) <laughs> and for yeah. well and the, the office is a brilliant show and you and you have to remember when it first came out pc culture wasn't really a thing i mean it was kind of kind of there but it didn't really become this this big thing until you know 2013 2014 um and if you listen to joe rogan's podcast they actually talked about that how pc culture affected universities in the states um but she was watching The Office, and the first season of The Office is is pretty abrasive and jarring, especially in today's culture. And if that show mm-hmm. were to come out today and the exact same, it would not last because there would be so much outrage over it. And some of the things are, you know, a little borderline, but it's not vindictive. Um, and I think that's mm-hmm. that's important that people take any any slight offense whether it's silly or you know even if it is silly i should say um right to heart and uh the coping mechanisms of of society um are definitely tested and i think comedy is is should be used as part of that coping mechanism um but that's you're you know you're right that's a that's a tough line to balance right now um but all it takes is for you know a bunch of us to say fuck it and you know deep down this is not wrong to to make these jokes um especially because we're joking about equally about everyone um you know and, right. and stereotypes come up regularly in in my household because i live in a very um ethnic area part of the city um especially mm-hmm. when it comes to to driving and crossing the street um but i'm willing to point out the same stereotypes that i fall into as a you know your typical stupid white man in his early 30s you know and if if you can accept your own flaws i think it's okay and if you can if you can joke on your own flaws and people can see that that you're willing to accept that you know what i'm not coming i'm not saying these jokes from a perspective of i'm perfect and you need to be this but it's mm-hmm. you know we all fuck up we all do things silly we all have you know or our little quirks and you know that's okay and, and it's okay to talk about them and it's okay to joke about them and it's okay to help each other get through them too yeah 
<clears throat> well, number one, I would never uh, call myself a comedian. I have <laughs> I have a comedic podcast, uh, but that in no way, shape, or form makes me a comedian. I am not built for that kind of life. But um, not yet. Not yet. My I'm getting some chops though. I'm 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 working on it. Um, I think that I think comedians should be mostly untouchable is is how i how i view things I, I don't think that i mean they're comedians for a reason right they're they're there to if and, and some comedy isn't for everybody but people need to go into when they listen to comedy and in, in any way shape or form they have to go in knowing hey this might not be my cup of tea for instance some people might not like daniel tosh because he's a very abrasive uh comedian you know some people might prefer somebody like a Jim Gaffigan who's just goofy and really doesn't hot pocket <laughs> hot pocket yeah he just doesn't uh he's not abrasive at all there are, there are levels to to comedy but people need to go in understanding that what's going to be funny to them isn't going to be funny to somebody else and what might not be funny or what 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 might be funny to somebody else might not be funny to them mm-hmm. i think i think there's a lot of that the issue stems from the audience, not necessarily the comedian. I think too, the the piece that you know, the feedback that I get from from listeners and friends and family who listen to the podcast um, is that we we do this podcast for ourselves, and we want more listeners. Mm-hmm. We want it to grow. We love our listeners, but we're not forcing anyone to listen to us. And if we lose right. some listeners because what we speak about, you know, isn't their cup of tea. I'm okay with that because I would rather yeah. grow the podcast because we're talking about, you know, real things or who we are as real people. Um, e- even though we say we're characters on the podcast, but, um, but the feedback we get is that it's, you know, it's real people, two guys or, you know, and a guest or whatever it works out to be, um, who are just having a conversation and it. And it's an honest, open conversation and it's not, we're not scripted. Um, I mean, we talk about some bits, but it's really, you know, it's like you said, it's, it's, it's opening yourself up, being transparent, um, being vulnerable. And, and I know I, that's how I respond to, to comedy. And, and like I'll use Joe Rogan cause I love Joe Rogan too, for, for many reasons. Um, but one of the reasons why I love him is I think he's a really well-educated man and he's gotten education from a, a really unique, a unique way of just bringing in these experts and talking to him for three hours at a time. Mm-hmm. But he is not afraid to say, I don't know. I'm a stupid ape and I don't get that. And I, and I think that is that, that humbling piece of, like you said, you learn a lot when you get humbled um, to just sit back and say, you know what? I don't know. I'm probably wrong on this or I don't think that sounded right. Or I fucked up that sentence, but this is who I am as a person. And, you know, jumbled is really Zach and I walking, walking through life and talking about whatever we find that's amusing to us. And if it's amusing to other people, fantastic and and i think the reason why you know we're coming up onto episode 100 is because i legitimately just like sitting down once a week and talking to zach and shooting the shit and whatever comes up Mm -hmm. comes up and i think yeah you're the kind of guy larry that you're not going to shy away from that and what you're going to get are are true listeners um Mm -hmm. and not not the fad ones who are looking for that that hot topic um and that canned comedy per se yeah yeah for sure you know, it's 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 one of those things. Again, it's, it's like you said. Um, I bring up the topic 
you know, we're talking about now because I'm actually thinking about that. Like, I actually have noticed it, and it's just like, damn. And I remember, like, listening to some of my favorite comedians back in the day, and it's just like, if they, like you said, if they were to say some of those things now, it's like, man, like, Kevin Hart is, like, getting, like, home, like, with mm-hmm. the the show that he's trying to host like that was his like childhood dream yeah. and like he just he had to apologize and it was about a tweet that was like 10 years ago right and you know it, it's it makes me think um you know i have kids and stuff and it's like man i wonder what type of world that they're gonna be in where it's already hard enough growing up you know trying to put on this fake smile with a fake filter and you know be politically correct or what society's ideal is of the the correct person Mm and now it's just getting like so crazy and it makes me like wonder like man like 20 years from now we're gonna be looked at as these old conservative you know whatever overly Mm -hmm. conservative people because this is i don't know it's just really ill man it's just on my mind but you know in, in my opinion you know, kind of briefly, like, piggyback off that the topic and talk about the political landscape of things. I think that, you know, we have to stop being afraid of taking off our jerseys. You know, I'll, I'll use, you know, my area, University of Kentucky and Louisville, um, Cardinals. You know, it doesn't matter what coach goes where, you know, they're still diehard fans. Mm-hmm. And you can't have that same ideology when it comes to politics or some other things in life. You know, we have to, like, really um, step back and be informed on our decisions and and realize that, you know, there's different people that are taking these roles. But that doesn't mean you can't, you know, uh, figuratively not take off your jersey just because you wore that same jersey for 10 years and your father's father's father or mother's mother's mother has wore that conservative (coughs) democratic jersey. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest issues that we have is creating separation and, and changing the new political climate. And it's kind of spilling over into comedy, I feel like. And it's everything's just getting so just, again, like extremely PC. And, you know, I feel like at one point in time, comedy was um, the remedy to a mm-hmm. lot of pain. You know, when things started getting really tense whether it be politically or whether it be racially, you know, you, you kind of count on... Like, Dave Chappelle is a perfect example. Like, he's extremely funny, but he, he like, puts so many jewels, like, mm-hmm. in his comedy. It's like, man, I didn't think about that. Like, he's right. But at the same time, you're, like, laughing, like, all on the ground because he's speaking right. the truth. And I just feel like now it's, it's making it harder and harder for the next Dave Chappelle to step up or um, the next mm-hmm. whoever. So it, it, it's one of those things where I think if we if we talk about words like equality, then we, we also have to consider, um, you know, what mm-hmm. does that really mean? You know, is that a comedic sense? Is that is, I mean, what is equality really? Because, you know, as a black man, I get joked on. You know, if I eat watermelon, people are looking at me, but I don't care. I think it's funny, too. It's true. Like, I love watermelon. So do I. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, like, I can laugh at that. Like, it is what it is. Like, but because people joke on me, I know that, yo, we have some type of friendship or 
or whatever because you're joking on me. I can laugh at myself. I have humility. I can laugh right. at that. It's funny. I don't take offense to that, you know? Um, and I, I think we just need to, like, start laughing more and stop being so serious about things. Yeah, there are serious situations and, and things that are going on around us, but we, we can't stop living, you know, our lives and, and, and not finding the funny, so to speak, in things. And, that, and again, that's, I think that's one um, thing that you all can offer or that you do offer with, with your podcast, you know, because sometimes... You know, we don't laugh, and you know now the, the suicide rate is up. People are really depressed, and you know I can I can honestly tell you that you know when I was going through my stuff, you know, it, it helped me get it helped me get through seeing a, a childhood friend who's doing something that's so positive, even if you know you all don't recognize that you are doing something positive. If you can bring any type of comedic. Uh, relief to anybody's day then um, that says volumes about what you're doing because it, it, it will physically make you feel better um, you know actually I, I heard on Joe Rogan's podcast that when people are depressed and going through heartbreak mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it's like physical pain it's like on the same uh, Johnny I don't know if you saw that podcast but it was actually really good like I was like wow like I, you know it's, it's been scientifically mm-hmm. proven it's not even anecdotal anymore so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think in the, in, the sco- in the grand scheme of things, what you all are doing are, is a lot bigger than what you think. So, like, for sure, you should definitely keep doing it, keep up the good work and everything like that. And, you know, um, there's a lot to be said about, you know, finding the comedic relief in, in everyday struggles of life. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, speaking struggles. of uh, everyday struggles, I thought I would share a, a little story with you guys. I know we're, we're quickly approaching the, the hour mark. I don't have anywhere to be. I don't know if you guys do. But um, I thought I'd tell you a little story recently about something that happened to me that I thought was comedic. Go for sound, it. Sound good? Yeah. Cool. So yesterday, I do. I work in, in IT. And so there was a guy coming by from Dell, and he was there to fix a couple laptops. So he came, and he fixed the laptops, and I was walking him out uh, back to the elevator so he could leave the building. And uh, he was holding a couple boxes in his right arm, and uh, and so I, you know, extend my right hand to to shake his hand as he's leaving, but he doesn't have his right hand free, so he grabs my right hand with his left hand, and we were just holding hands for a minute. <laughs> that uh, that was it, man. The awkward hand. And that's my that yep the and it was it was hand holding just for like a split second, but. It was uh, one of the most awkward situations I've had lately. But, you know, sometimes you just got to just own that. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did. I, I, I did. You, you hear, like, motivational speakers talking about the power of the handshake and how important it is mm-hmm. in, in business. And, and one of the things that when I first started in my career and you get that awkward handshake where they grab too soon or, you know, right. you're kind of limp or, or whatever. It's like, oh, what are we doing? <laughs> addressing that awkwardness and just making that little joke of like oh yeah. that was kind of weird let's redo that and just you know yeah because otherwise you walk away and you're like oh that was weird and they're walking away like oh that was kind of uh, weird i just i just, just accepted it. it yeah then i gave i gave him a big hug and then i gave him my phone number and you know and he's he's go. waiting for on. you to get off and you guys are <laughs> gonna go do butt stuff or what <laughs> yeah something like that i don't know no, no I, uh, it's 
I think I think you're right. And Larry, you touch <laughs> touch base on something with Kevin Hart and you know looking at um, tweets and social media. And mm-hmm. um, I'm not overly active on social media. Um, poor Zach has to do all the social media for the podcast. Um, it's not a hard job. I really <laughs> don't do anything at all, honestly. But uh, you know, this podcast is probably where I'm most exposed. Um, I mean, my Instagram is—you kind of see what I'm into, but you don't—you don't always get to see, you know, exactly what I'm dealing with. Um, but uh, thinking about you know people going back, you know, to tweets or so or Facebook posts from ten years ago and looking at it from today's lens and saying, "Oh, this is appalling." Well, maybe in today's lens it seems appalling, but you have to, you have to put yourself to where was that person in ten years ago. Like eighteen-year-old John said a lot of dumb shit that thirty-one-year-old John mm-hmm. would be like, uh, "You're an idiot, kid." Um, the same as honestly, twenty-five-year-old John was completely different than than I am now when I when I was thirty and thirty-one, and I'm sure when I hit forty, I'm going to look back at me when I'm thirty saying, "Why were you doing that shit that way?" Um, but mm-hmm. it's so easy to to lose sight of that, and it is kind of scary. And I think it is a challenge for for comedy because those you know you look at the office it's a perfect example of that 10 years later those jokes don't fly because people are are not putting themselves in you know the right frame of mind when they're viewing that content um so social media is a scary thing and it it, there i think are absolutely places where you can see someone's true colors um Mm -hmm. but again i think it's all where is that where's that message coming from is it coming from a place of direct hate or was it an offhanded kind of joking silly comment that you know you just were kind of clowning publicly and now 10 years later you're getting punished for it for you know 128 characters i think it's a little bit ridiculous in most cases i should say yeah i feel like you know you you we've but we've been talking about equality isn't true wouldn't true equality be everybody is wide open to be joked about right that's that's a quality like that's that's a quality in its purest shape you know i'm i'm just as available to be clowned on as larry is as johnny is as any of our listeners are um you know that's that's part of it man and i I feel like people you know larry talked about lip uh liberals or just or people getting too far to either side it's wild how liberals have pushed it so far where they're circling back around and they're becoming more conservative mm-hmm. with their with their so we're separating everybody out into these individual groups and we are stigmatizing things much more often and we're not we're not cohesive we're all separate now mm-hmm. you know so it's it's and then we're going to circle back around and the conservatives are going to be trying to pull us all back together and try to be conservative with their ideas right yeah it's interesting it is it is a uh it's a circle not a line larry you're right you are in in louisville still well technically i'm in In the area i'm in the louisville area but i'm across the bridge in indiana and then charlestown is in southern indiana how far away is that yeah 10 minutes 10 minutes or so i mean we have like a new built, so it's pretty close so I, I've been I've been thinking about coming to uh, to Louisville because there's a there's a jiu-jitsu instructor that I want to train under for a few days, and I just was thinking of 
funny things that we could do. Obviously, I'd want to hook up with you when I'm there, but we should just spend a day together and do a bunch of stereotypical things and just post it on the podcast. Like, yep. we could just be chilling, eating watermelon, yep. and then we'll like go get pumpkin spice lattes and wear fake glasses and like just do the dumbest shit. Just be like, fuck you guys. Like, who cares? Like, get over yourself, yeah. have fun with it, and you know, whatever. If you were down, obviously. Uh, absolutely. And to add on to that, it's funny that you bring that up because um, I, I'm kind of gonna, I'm kind of retiring after this year of uh, bodybuilding, and I'm getting, I want to get into jujitsu, and um, oh sure, baby, I definitely want to get into that into tactical training and be more functional. Um, I forgot that I forgot that you do that, but uh, yeah, for sure, I'm definitely gonna get into that. Well, we uh, so, we absolutely could chat about that, and when you. Uh, when you get your your podcast fired up, I'm more than happy to come on and, and I can talk your ear off about the power of jiu-jitsu. It's also why I've been cutting down. Um, I have a competition coming up and uh, trying to figure out which weight class I was going to fight in. Um, and I decided to go down a weight class, so I've been leaning out. Um, I was actually going to go down two weight classes, but someone else from my team is going to compete. So I got lucky and I didn't have to do a major cut. <laughs> <laughs> so so larry you say you're you're are you thinking about retiring or is it pretty set in stone for this coming year and caveat to that if so if this is if this is your last hurrah if this is the last ride what how do you plan on approaching bodybuilding for this competition or leading up to qualifying for for junior nationals with the mindset or with with what you've gone through with previous bodybuilding, what are you going to do different this time to sort of go out on a high note? Um, I'm going to immerse myself back in the same mindset and ideology that I once had. When one thing I always say is the wolf climbing the hill is always more is always hungrier than the wolf on top of the hill. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like I'm like the wolf climbing the hill again, and mm-hmm. I have to I have to immerse myself back in that. Um, type of mindset and that's what I plan on doing um, you know it, I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna have to close myself off to like the, you've seen like the Rocky movies and stuff and when he went out and started training he was chopping wood like oh, yeah. really like you know just rugged you know lumberjacking it like yeah. I'm gonna kind of I have to like take my mind to that that mm-hmm. place again a um, little bit of seclusion hard to do a little bit of seclusion yeah um you know recently I, I've, I've started getting up around 4 30 in the morning um you know for prep and, and i have a meditation mm-hmm. and you know after i do my meditation then i go do my fasting cardio then i go and i come home eat and go to work but you know in that meditation um i think about different triggers to kind of put me in that mindset mm-hmm. and you know as of late it's helped and, you know, I tried to use what I've went through previously as fuel this time instead of letting it hold me back. Uh, I'm trying to use that to actually propel me into this show. Um, it's going to be a local show. It's going to be in Louisville. So there's going to be a lot of people who I know is going to be there. So right. that's another, you know, added motiv- you know, motivator, too, because um, I haven't competed in the local level for a while. So this is kind of the equivalent of, the, like, your... Uh, being like a D1 
you know, collegiate athlete and you're going back to your old high school to like play again. Right. Sort of. Right. I don't mean to say that to take away from anybody else because there's going to be some really good people there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, unlike basketball, bodybuilders have to requalify for national. Right. So there's going to be a lot of, you know, people in my same situation having to requalify. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be very interesting. Right. It's a tune up. It's a tune up fight to come, to come back to the fight world. Like, there's. There's always the risk of, of losing, obviously, but you're going to a more comfortable area and, and it's an opportunity for you to get back to your to your basics, right? And just get in and, and own that competition mindset. I know that's that's something that uh, m- my wife is figuring out right now as I get <laughs> as I get closer to uh, to competition and my training schedule and, and my mindset. And, and you know she was talking about how she wanted to come come and watch and I was like no because I my mind I know my mind needs to switch into a different place and I don't I don't want that that distraction um right. and it's a different you know it's a it's my style my personality with it is is I take it to a different a different level than than some people um approach those in a little bit more softer way but I know mentally for me to for where my confidence comes from, it, it does kind of come from a place of, of aggression. And I don't, and Al's not used to seeing that aggression regularly. Um, I know we've, we've mm-hmm. talked about it on the podcast, we, we call it keeping tiger in the cage. And, um, when I, when I let, let my aggression go and it's really jujitsu is about controlled aggression. So the, to our listeners who, who know jujitsu, you know, it's not about blowing your wad um, you know, in a fit of rage, but it's, it's about getting that mindset, that competition mindset and where your confidence comes from, um, and, and getting there. So I can understand the, uh, the, the mindset that you have to, you have to figure that out for yourself, right? Everyone's got their own style. And you, you, once you figure that out, you know, you have to learn how to, how to utilize it. So hundred percent. Yeah. Um, a funny thing about what you just said is, um, I have the same exact approach and, and it's almost ironic because you know I'm dating someone now and um, oh, kids if you're listening you, might want to. Uh, you know what they shouldn't have been listening but, this whole time because um, we got an explicit tag on this yeah podcast, kids man. <laughs> <laughs> so you know uh, the animal you know being an animal letting the beast out of the cage like that's something that I have trained myself over time to be able to channel into so when I'm in the gym that person comes out and like you said you don't want your you know your, your wife to see that side of you like my girlfriend's begging to see that side of me like I'm like soft as a lamb you know when, I, when I'm at home and she's just wanting that, that anger and aggression and I'm just like it just, it just can't happen have you seen you know the Avengers and the Hulk like the whole point is like it can't happen because you can't handle well, the beast but that's, but that's the secret is that He's, he's the, always the, angry. Of the, matter the Hulk is, is always angry. That's the that's the secret. Exactly. It, no, exactly. I'm I'm always I always have that in me. Like I always have that in me. So it's kind of like, you know, being able to uh, channel that, and that's what I like about um, you know martial arts and stuff like that is because that's what it's about. It's about the control. It's about the discipline. Mm-hmm. It's about all that, and and that's what um, you know I come from. So, I cannot wait to be able to uh, explore that avenue and be functional. And because right now, bodybuilding, like we discussed, you know, previously, that it's, it's not functional. 
Um, it looks cool. It looks good. You walk on the beach. But as far as being functional, I could hold my own in the fight just because some of the things that I've learned um, in the military, we learned watered down versions of uh, Muay Thai and uh, Jiu Jitsu and stuff like that. And then, you know, special forces training and stuff like that. But, you know, I can't tell you that, you know, if I was to run or something like that, get an athlete or something, I'd get my ass whooped. You know, I'm not functional. Um, mm-hmm. I want to get back to being functional again and being this yeah. really. Well, I will tell you. Uh, sorry, Zach, go ahead. No, go. No, you're fine. I was gonna say, um, definitely start uh, tweaking up on your your yoga and, and flexibility. Um, and you talk about about growing from humble experiences. Um, nothing will teach you to be more humble than than jujitsu, um, because you can basically expect to just get your ass handed to you for the first year. <laughs> and. <laughs> but knowing that you talk about discipline and, and that's, you know, that's the, it's, it's really cliche um, in the jujitsu world, but you'll see a lot of it is that, you know, a white belt is just a black belt who didn't quit. And that's, mm. there's, you're not doing anything different or anything special. You're just going every day. Um, and that's, you know, the, the grinding mentality, the discipline, the focus, taking it seriously, following the routines, drilling. Um, and, you see a lot of people that think they know a lot about fighting until they, and they come into a gym and uh, they lose to someone who has, you know, maybe a hundred pounds on them or a hundred pounds. They have a hundred pounds on the person they're losing to mm-hmm. um, because, you know, jujitsu is, was created to be the great equalizer. They call it the gentle art and strength is definitely important, but uh, technique will always trump strength. Um, so mm-hmm. me being a larger guy going into it and being strong, um, that was always one of the challenges that I had was, especially when I, when, you know, first started doing it in university, um, was I was so big because I was in, you know, I want, I was a power lifter and I thought about bodybuilding and, uh, I could, if I got myself in a shitty spot, I always knew I was stronger than my opponent. So I could just know. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but now as I'm older and my body's a lot different and my style has changed a lot, the technique aspect is, is really critical. So it'll be you're not you're an athletic guy so you'll excel and you're strong so you'll it'll help but my advice to you is to to try really hard to not rely on your strength and lose position based on bad technique because that was what that's what's gonna you know sharpen your technique yeah um did you see the thing on well you're not on facebook shit well zach's probably seen it there's like a um jujitsu um class going on and then they have like this bodybuilder guy he goes in there and then he's um, they're like trying to play the uh, play a, a, a prank on the actual instructor. So they have this bodybuilder come in, and the bodybuilder just goes right straight for the construction and the instructor. And he's just like, seriously, like are you, you guys serious? And he puts him down so quick and so hard, and then he fights um he fights a girl, and this girl whips his ass like unconscious, like he passes out. Like it, it, it was, it was like the the most crazy thing I've ever seen, and I was just like, damn, yeah. it, it just it proves it, it proves your point. Like it's the great equalizer. Like this bodybuilder probably easily had eighty pounds on this girl, like probably a lot more than that. I mean, she took him down hard. Like I was like, mm-hmm. wow, that's dope. So my my lead instructor, um, Jeff, he does a lot of the training for local law enforcement and security. 
um, and uh, he brings in um, you know team members to help out and basically be training dummies and kind of co-instruct. And uh, I I've done a few of them. I actually really like doing it because it's interesting to see a lot of tough guys walk in, and uh, everyone thinks they everyone thinks they're tough until it's time to actually be tough, and then they realize like oh I don't actually like this. Um, so we were we were talking about um, mount control. So mounting someone, which I think you guys all know that that basic basic position and, and how to escape. And Jeff is you know he's one of the first black belts in Western Canada. He's been doing jiu-jitsu for 25 plus years. He's in great shape. He's early 40s. Um, he's 155 pounds. And when he fought professionally, he fought I think at 135, 145. Like not a big dude. So a lot of people are kind of like, oh, like you're small. Like I, I think I could take you. Um, and you always get those tough guys. So there is these young, young tough guys who were, you know, pretty stocky. Like you know, look like they worked out. And we're, we're just questioning every technique. Well, I could do that. I could do this. I could do that. And we're going over mount escapes. And uh, Jeff's like, you know what? Fine. Get on your back. I'll let you pick whichever one of, you know, my co-instructors who pointed at me and, and my teammate Pat and said, they'll mount you and let's see you escape. And they looked at me. And at the time I was like 230. I was pretty big. And they looked at Pat, who is a 155-pound Asian dude. And they're like... I'll take him and I started laughing so hard and the guy's like what are you sad I didn't pick you and I was like no but Pat beats the fuck out of me bud you're in so much trouble <laughs> and Pat went and Pat just like looked at me and was like all right let's do this and Jeff says go and, and this guy's on the bottom and he's like trying to bench press Pat and like he's and Pat's just like it's called wet toweling you're just using your body weight and technique and ends up choking this guy out like four times and the guy was so frustrated and Jeff was like now imagine if there's a guy that's your size doing that. Like the techniques work, you have to believe in it. Don't believe everything mm -hmm. you see in movies or the TV. Um, and it's pretty funny because we'll have guys too that will come in and say, "Oh, well, I would just punch you and knock you out." And then Jeff will say, "Okay, put on some gloves," and then he'll like pull someone, you know, who's one of the assistant instructors, and say, "You know, John won't punch you. You can punch him as hard as you want, and he'll just he'll just control you and take you down. And they'll be like tough, and they'll just like wild haymakers, and then boom, they're on their back. And it's just so funny to watch, and it's just really humbling to see that like you think you're tough, and you maybe know the terminology, but if you don't know the technique, you're gonna get your ass whooped. And that's that's basically jujitsu in a nutshell for a long time. So have fun, enjoy it, embrace the suck. Um, you know, maybe, maybe consider your ear protection so you don't end up with some funky ears, Yes, but, yep. uh, definitely do that. You know, it's, it's the best thing. I think, I think you'll love it from like a fitness and cardio. Um, you learn a lot about yourself, the, the relationships that you'll make with, with the guys that you're training with. And you're really, really close to a, one of the best instructors in the States. Um, I'll, I'll message you with, with his gym. Um, his name is uh, Chewy. Uh, he has a lot of YouTube channels called Chujitsu. I would highly suggest you look it up because he's a bigger guy too. So he does a lot of um, bigger man style jujitsu, which is really cool. Some some interesting technique that has like strength based. Um, so it'd be cool if you trained there. But I think it will. You'll love it. It's anyone I know who's done it. If you can get over your ego and accept that you're gonna go and you're gonna lose, and that tapping doesn't it's not a big deal like everyone mm -hmm. everyone is gonna tap 
Um, and if you just focus on the progression, you'll just naturally get better and you'll fall in love with it. I'm sure. Yeah. So Larry, I think, uh, I mean, we're over an hour and 10 minutes here. Um, I think, I think at this point we're going to start wrapping it up. I'm, I'm just going to sort of open it up here for a minute for you, Larry. Is there anything, any kind of, uh, words of advice, anything you want to impart on our audience before we, uh, before we shuffle off to Buffalo? Yeah. Um, I was, I'll give a quote, something I wrote, and it's. To, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. It goes to the effect of, if you can hate and be cold, then you can learn to love and be whole. And the message in that is, you know, hate is, is a learned behavior, and racism and everything else is a learned behavior. So if you can learn to have hate in your heart, if you learn to uh, that in your heart, then you can also learn to love and be whole again. That's just what it's about, is spreading love and positivity and, um, you know, being the change that we want to see in the world. And, you know, I'm a firm believer in the thoughts become things, the energy you put into the universe comes back to you. So it's, it's, it's very imperative that we prove by actions and deeds and lead by example. So that'd probably be my biggest message. Message in life and anything that you do in life. Um, try to put your best foot forward and be the best person that you could possibly be even when the circumstances might be uh, grim. So that's that would probably be my biggest thing. That's the best right. closing statement this podcast has ever had. <laughs> it's much better than anything I could have said. Um, uh, Larry, so it's uh, do you have a website for, for the movement, Transcend Your Kingdom? Yeah, well, the clothing website is uh, tktranscend.com, and you can – you know check out the merch that we have we just actually came out with the winter line we have hoodies for the ladies and for the fellas we also have long sleeve tees beanies all that good stuff and of course we have the shirts and everything like that as well um but you know there, there will be a podcast coming soon and, and it's gonna be um in the realm of, of you know the transcend your king kingdom movement uh so you can expect it to see that. And also, um, T hyphen kingdom apparel on, on at IG. So okay. look it up on IG. It's uh, T hyphen kingdom apparel. And that is our official IG page. All right, man. That sounds good. Uh, so let's, uh, I'm just going to do my quick breakdown here. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this one, Larry. We really appreciate you, got, you coming on again, man. Uh, we're looking forward to everything that you got. Uh, come down the pipeline. We're going to be uh, keeping a close eye on on what you're doing for podcasting. I think you're going to have some some really good success with that too. So uh, thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, if you guys want to follow us on social media, it's at Jumbled Podcast. Search for us. You'll find us. Um, send uh, emails to jumbledpodcast at gmail.com or johnny.jumbled at gmail.com. He's uh, he's giving out personal advice nowadays. So Collecting all the send... dick pics. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yep. And I um, want to give a big shout-out to our sponsor, Audible. Again, head over to audibletrial.com slash jumbled. Get your free 30-day trial and a free audio book because uh, it's worth it. And uh, if you want to uh, donate to the podcast, go over to patreon.com slash jumbled and uh give what you can and that's it guys uh we hope you guys enjoyed this one and we will be back next week for another episode of jumbled your favorite podcast about how to not be a shitty human love it (laughs) see you guys later